You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans? Welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Also, give this great podcast a follow on Twitter as well. That is at Lockdown Cubs. All right, what a what a beautiful night in Minnesota as the Chicago Cubs take the second game, thus sweeping the Minnesota Twins behind stellar pitching performances by rookies Justin Steele and Adbert Alzali. And Frank Schwindel keeps doing what Frank Schwindel does, and that's hit tanks. Frank the Tank Schwindel from the Schwindy City. That guy. Man, talk about seizing an opportunity. I, I talked about Schwindel on yesterday's podcast. I even gushed about him a bit. I may gush about him a little bit further. So we'll we'll break down the pitching. We'll look at that box score. We'll talk about Schwindel. Keep an eye towards some free agency. I got another free agent profile that kind of contradicts a lot of what else I'll be talking about, but a profile worth taking a look at nonetheless. This episode is brought to you by, <clears throat> excuse me, Lockdown MLB, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on the Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I had to take a sip of water there because have you ever had a day where you haven't spoken to anybody, <laughs> like you haven't talked to another person? And then when you first decide to start speaking, it happens to be in a recorded microphone. You guys can't relate. You've never done that. You guys don't all have podcasts that you do daily. As a lot of you know, as a lot of the longtime and loyal listeners, and uh, by the way, I appreciate every one of you listeners out there. For those of you who check out the podcast, I don't know, once every two weeks, to those who listen religiously, you guys are amazing. This is my second to the last episode as your host of the Lockdown Comes podcast. You guys have made this uh, all the worthwhile. Um, it's it's a little bittersweet as it's coming to the end. I'm sure I'm going to miss it. It's probably one of those things where at first I'm going to be like, oh, all right, you know, that's that chapter's over. You, you feel a little relaxed. And then, you know, something big might happen a couple weeks from now, and I'm going to be like, ah, I miss being able to jump in front of the microphone and just rant about something cool that happens like immediately. So that's, you know, that's what's going to happen. Uh, if you're just finding out the news, everyone, I announced on Tuesday's podcast that I'm stepping down. I did give a two weeks notice. I, I'm telling you guys just this week, even though I'd let the network know about two weeks ago that I had to uh, step down as the host of the Black Cubs podcast. Look, I still love the Cubs. I still uh, enjoy the form of the art form that is podcasting. But with my stamp comedy schedule increasing and that being my number one, my main thing, and, and just time too. Yeah, I, I was spreading myself too thin. I'm, I'm the type of person who says yes to a lot of things and then later is uh, has no time for anything. And so I think uh, I think it's important. It's a little life lesson for anyone out there, regardless of age. Sometimes you really got to take stock on your schedule and where you're putting your your focus and energy towards. I'm, I'm sure I will continue to talk about the Cubs on my Twitter and. Who knows what the future holds? That's why I encourage you guys to, to, you know, follow me. You know, I follow a lot of people back. I'm not one of those guys. So if you, if you like my content, uh, give me a follow. And of course, continue to follow Lockdown Cubs. 
I don't know who the new host is going to be, but look, they found me. So they're going to find someone just as good. Trust me, I'm not going to say better. That's crazy. But just as good. I'm sure they'll find. Uh, and again, though, if I could just reiterate about the time thing, time is the most valuable currency. It's not money. Money is not the most valuable currency. It's time. Okay. What did Tony Stark's father say to Tony Stark in Avengers Endgame? I'm not spoiling anything. This is just one little scene in the movie. He said, uh, or actually Tony said it to his father, Howard Stark. He said that no amount of money ever bought a single second of time, which is true. You can't buy more time. So you really do have to sometimes be honest with yourself. And as much as I love doing a five days a week Cubs podcast, I was also performing stand comedy five days a week. And, you know, I'm a stay-at-home dad during a lot of the day. My wife's a nurse who works full-time as well. It's, you know, it stuff starts to add up. Um, I had my other podcast I do, which I could talk about any subject I want. Anyway, I'm getting way too much into this. Let's talk about the Cubs. You guys can follow me for more information about myself. I just figured I'd give you guys an update. I got two more podcasts to do. This one, of course. And then tomorrow, we'll really close it out on a high note. We're going to go out with a bang. You know what I mean? We're going to do a walk-off. We're going we're gonna, to be gonna talk about the 2021 season. We're going to have some fun, share some favorite moments, nothing too serious, and just enjoy the hell out of ourselves. What do you say? All right. So, Justin Steele took the mound. He was a little shaky his last outing. and I. But, again, I still have a lot of faith in Justin Steele. There's a thing about rookie pitchers, and I see this. It's a typical fan reaction. We get a little too high, a little too low sometimes. So Justin Steele as a starter has not really wowed us just yet. He has not really had one of those outings. He's shown glimpses and all that. And I've seen a few people being like, oh, maybe that's Justin Steele guy's better in the bullpen. Where he was dominant. That is true. Justin Steele was phenomenal in the bullpen uh, before he got injured. And I think that's just too premature. There are, I can name 10 all-stars probably who started their pitching careers terrible. Just look 90 miles north of the city of Chicago in Milwaukee. Both Peralta and Burns started off their careers as starting pitchers bad. Burns had like a six ERA. Peralta's ERA was like in the high fours. They weren't good. They needed some time. They needed some seasoning, experience, and then they relaxed and, and showed what they were worth. Same with Justin Steele. Same with Al Zalai in a lot of sense. Same with Keegan Thompson. Be a little bit patient. Especially with Adbert, who has shown so much promise. You know, I, I talked about Adbert a little, like a few weeks ago. And just to bring up this point again, I still, I strongly stand by this. And maybe I'll be wrong, but I feel like I'll be right. I see a lot of people saying, oh, I think Adbert could be a solid number four, number five. I just look at him as a guy that he's either going to put it all together and be a top of the rotation guy, number two, maybe a one. Or he's going to be a guy that's just kind of teetering on a number five, teetering on maybe bullpen out of baseball. I just don't see him being – his stuff is is so, like, dominant when he's got it going. That's why I think when he does figure it all out, look at the guys he struck out. He strikes out other teams' best hitters. So that's a pitcher that when it all comes together, is going to come together big. It's not going to come – if it comes together for him, he's not going to be a four. And I saw some people out there, some some respected baseball minds even saying that. And I had to remind them, I'm like, ah, sometimes you got to look at strength of schedule, a.k.a. what hitters are you getting out? But, and, but, you know, strength of schedule, of course, is an NFL term because every team plays a different schedule. And some teams, you know, one year you look and they get, they rank them. You, know, you, you, you check out Sports Illustrated ESPN and they'll say, like, oh, this year the Bears had the third hardest schedule. Or this year 
Uh, the Lions have the easiest schedule, as they probably should because they're terrible. Uh, you know, so with baseball, though, I look at it that way, too. Sometimes I think the experts and some of these bloggers, too, that, which aren't always experts, and give a blog, throwing that out there, they don't always look at that. They look at bottom lines. They'll, you know, they'll look at some of the stuff like, oh, his spin rate, his fastball hit this. I'm looking at reactions from the best hitters in the league, and the reaction after Edward struck them out was, who is this kid? Wow. That was their reaction. Now, obviously, lefties were having their way with him, so I said, let's put results in the rear view. He needs to just work on throwing change-ups to lefties until he gets right, and he's going to mess up some of them and get launched. But who cares? It's this year's a wash season. It's not, you know, if you could use the months of August and September as like extended auditions, and not even just auditions, but on what to work on, almost like a spring training before an off season, in which you know, all right, here's what we got to work on with Adbert going into 2022. Let's let's hit the ground running, work on the change up. That's what he's going to throw exclusively. These are things that really, really put you ahead of the curve in, in terms of turning it around. These are, it's almost a luxury in a weird way. It's, it's a luxury in the sense that you're taking a bad season and trying to find positives in it. Now, the Oaklands and the Tampas of the world, and even the, the Giants recently, who are now, you know, near the top. I think they actually are tied with the Dodgers in first place now. I got to check this. I'm not sure what the final scores were. But um, at the time I'm recording this, of course, everyone. So, you know, you look at some of those teams. The White Sox are a good example. You know, the White Sox were awful for a long time, and now they're atop of their division. In the years that they were awful, they were able to throw rookies and young players out there to see what they got and work on stuff at the major league level. When you're constantly in contention for your division and contention for the playoffs, you're not taking risks like that. You're just not. Like if the Cubs were awful one year and we still had Tommy LaStella, we would have been like, yeah, let's have Tommy LaStella have 500 bats. But we never got to that point where we were so far out of it. So these are like the, the things that you kind of – yeah, you know, looking back, everyone's always going to do these things where they keep looking back in this era and think what could have been done to extend it and all that, even though I just think this could be a, a real easy one to two year at most rebuild. You know, I've, I've been adamant about spending this offseason, and I'm not going to stand by from that, or stand back from that. Justin Steele did go five innings, everyone one hit, no runs. The walks, three, strikeouts, three. Three strikeouts and five innings. That's good. Pretty good. You like around a strikeout in there, but you'll take that. The walks a little bit much, but if you're only giving up one hit, you take it. These ERAs at 3.48. Alzali went four innings, one hit, no walks, five strikeouts. See, that's the stuff. Not walking anybody, striking out more batters than innings in which he pitched. He gets the first save of his career. Uh, just phenomenal performance. Um, it'll be an interesting thing to see with all these arms they've got going forward. That's why if I could just talk about the pitching and then, you know, break down the box score a little bit later is I hear a lot of people talk about – by the way, starting pitching was atrocious. I went over the record in the month of August. It was 7-19. and 19. Their ERA was worst in the National League starting pitchers. It was like near 7. <laughs> the bullpen was bad too. It was the pitching. You know, we talked about Wisdom hitting great in August and Schwindel and Ortega and then happening it around the last couple weeks of August. Yeah, offensively, they were like middle of the pack. I think of the 15 National League teams, they were like seventh in offense. That's fine. You obviously, you'd like to be a little bit higher than right in the middle, but that's pretty good considering Contreras missed pretty much the whole month and, you know, there's a lot of change. That's fine. I, I thought they showed some some life there at, 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 during stretches. 
The pitching, on the other hand, never good. Bad, bad, bad. And everyone's like, oh, well, we are so far away from competing because our pitching is so bad. I go, no, no, no. There's a domino effect. People, Kyle Hendricks, I'm not worried about. Kyle Hendricks, I will happily pencil in as a number two starter next year. I know his ERA is up over four and a half now, the highest it's ever been. I'm telling you, I said this before about Hendricks. He is pitching in uncharted territory. The first time in his career, he's pitching in meaningless games. Meaningless. So I think his focus is a little off, and he's the guy that needs to be really keen on his focus. You know, a lot of his friends got dealt away. It's just been a weird year for him. He probably went through the motions of being like, am I going to trade it? What's the offseason hold for me? Like, I, I don't know. I just, I'm going to give Kyle the benefit of the doubt. This is a guy who is been the most consistent pitcher before this season. And even so, with his ERA being as high as he as has been, the Cubs have won a lot of the starts. So, I mean, that might say something, I suppose. So Kyle's your number two. Adbert, like I like his upside. I, I pencil Adbert in. So I feel like I got you got two pitchers you can definitely pencil into the starting five. If you go out and get like a Max Scherzer, who will probably only want like a two-year deal because of his age, but again, he's still pitching pretty good clip. I know he's got a little hamstring thing, but still pitching like at a top-notch level, right? You know, and, and then you could go out and get, if you want short-term deals, find it, find a number three, number four, number three to go along. You know, I love a Stroman. Marcus Stroman probably wants five years, though. So if you go Stroman, you're not going to go Scherzer. Get Stroman up there. He's pitching at ace level. Stroman, Hendricks, Abbott is your three. You go out and get like a John Gray, who's probably like a number three. Get those two. And then all of a sudden, your number five spot, because I just named you, get two free agents that are a three or above. That's a good four man. Your number five spot in spring training is a competition between Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, and Alec Mills. Whoever wins that is your five spot. And whoever loses goes to the pen. And I like Alec Mills kind of shuffling back and forth as your death guy between pen and rotation. Now that's a good, that's a good starting five. That is that 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 competes in the NL Central easy. See, those are the things you got to think about as a fan. This episode is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together, everyone. Now tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that's uh, streaming your favorite TV show. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. You know what I'm talking about when I say the good stuff, too, right? We're talking premium. All right, well, I just want to tell you this. There is a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings all your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, trying to remember. You ever get logged off on accident and you're trying to remember a password and you're like, if there was a gun to my head, I still wouldn't figure this out, right? That's, you don't have to worry about that anymore, right? The best part also is there's no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can now learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, Cubs fans, let's take a look at this box score, huh? I gave you, I feel like I gave you some positives about the starting rotation and how it's not nearly as far as ways as you might believe. Offensively yesterday, the Cubs, not much. They put up a three spot in the third inning, and that was it. Ortega, 0 for 4. He's starting to come down a little bit. He's starting to come down a little bit. Let's look at Ortega's. 
Did I find her ticket? No, I got to double click on that. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Schwindel, one for four with three RBIs, a three run shot. Another blast for Schwindel. 306, 944 OPS. Just wow. Eight home runs now. Ian Happ was one for four as well. Got his average up to 200 with that. Uh, Wisdom went 0 for 4, one strikeout. Still 883 OPS. You're happy with that. Hayward, 1 for 3, as I said before. Who cares? There's no real impact on the team coming forward. Austin Romine, 0 for 3. I don't know about where what his role is with the Cubs, if there's a role at all. Uh, he got to play with his brother, though. Same starting lineup, so that's cool for the Romine family. They're going to have some wonderful Christmas cards, I bet. Anthony Rivas went 0 for 2 with a walk. He did score a run on uh, Schwindel's home run. Alcantara, or is Alcantara? Alcantara went 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. That is not looking like a major league hitter right there, I'll be honest with you. And Andrew Romine went 1 for 3. He scored on Schwindel's home run as well. So the Cubs put together four hits. Not good. Uh, but, you know, the big blast was all they needed. They did only strike out seven times, which seems like a victory for our Cubs. But they only walked once. Not good. Not good right there. Hap stole a base, throwing that out there. Uh, you know, offensively, it is what it is. Uh, the Twins are not exactly world beaters. They're, are, they're 58 and 75. We are 59 and 75. We are half a game better than them. How many games are the Cubs going to win? Let's take a look at September. Let's do it. Let's take a look at September's schedule. Uh, so far, we are 1 0 in September. We start a four game set against the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, tonight at Wrigley Field, 7 05 start. By the way, plenty of good tickets available, both at the Cubs website and on the secondary market. I'm thinking about going for my birthday. My birthday is September 21st. And um, I usually try to go when they're in town on my birthday. I have been boycotting since the Boom Friday trades of, you know, of course, we all know Rizzo, Brian, Bias. And obviously I trade a lot of other people, but those three were the ones that were particularly like, sad for a lot of us. And I said, I'm not going anymore. I, Of course, I'm not leaving. I'm a dire Cubs fan. I'm going to follow them. I'm going to watch basically every game. But I didn't want to put money in the owner's pockets because I feel like they need to be scared into – we need to put the fear in ownership. We need to show them that it's no longer acceptable. We've been to the mountaintop, and we are not willing to go back to base camp. We need to be the cream of the crop in the National League and especially – National League Central. They need to spend. They need to be big boys again. Big girls, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. They do. It's... I'm not... It, the, this rebuild notion to me, and I got to add into the whole pandemic thing. I was going to mention this more when I was breaking down free agency, but it all goes hand in hand. The idea that, oh, well, the pandemic hurt them. Of course the pandemic hurt them. It hurt every team. But it didn't stop the Brewers. The Brewers added to their payroll. The Cubs cut their payroll. The Cubs payroll at the start of 2020 was $210 million. The Cubs payroll at the start of 2021 was about $150 million. They cut their payroll by about $60 million the season after winning the NL Central. And I don't care if they got swept by the Marlins. I mean, of course I care. I wanted us to win it all. But I don't care that getting, getting swept in the playoffs is not an excuse to cut $60 million and not try to win again. That's, that's garbage. And, and again, I've said we needed a makeover. We needed to change things around. But to completely, to, to not try, they, they purposely did these little Band-Aid solutions of Jack Peterson and Jake Arrieta and Trevor Williams. He's got a good slider. Maybe we'll unlock some magic. And 
well, Zach Davies, he, he brought him back, and maybe he could be his what? It was all smoke and mirrors, Cubs fans. And, of course, we got pumped up because we were happy baseball's coming back, and we were happy we are going to be able to step foot at 1060 West Addison again. Why wouldn't we be jazzed up about that? But now looking back, we know better. We know better. We know that they never had any real intent on competing this year. And they were really shaking in their boots when the Cubs were in first place in Upton until mid-June. They, they, because I know the players felt it. They knew during spring training. They knew that if they weren't near first place or in first place in come July or so, the players were going to get dealt. And it, with the injuries and the tough schedule in June, things just started to really unravel there towards the end. And it's like pulling at some thread, right? You want to, I just want to rip this little piece of thread off to make it okay. But as the more you pull it, the more you undo all the thread around it. And it all, before you know it, you just got a bunch of yarn. It's no longer a scarf. And that's what happened to the Cubs season. And, and, but the, the thing is, I feel like that's what they wanted. Because you don't honestly go into a year in which you want to compete for the division and you don't trade your ace who's on a very reasonable contract. Incredibly re- that, that That you Darvish contract, people were saying it was going to be one of the worst contracts ever after his first year that was not a good year. And then by year three, they were like, this is one of the best pitching contracts in baseball. Three more years of you Darvish at $20 million a pop, this is a great deal. First half all-star, he's running into some injury issues. Uh, he's on the IL with San Diego right now, but nevertheless – so I bring all this up and because I'm looking at the September schedule and I know I could get $3 Cubs tickets on my birthday. And most years I'd be like, I'm all over that. But I really wanted to stick it to them. And I'd never been that guy before. I was always I'm showing up regardless. But things have clearly changed. And we have the most expensive tickets in baseball. Well, at the start of the season we did. Obviously now in the secondary market, things are much cheaper. But look, we pay a lot to be entertained. And we support this team for so long through we're not a poverty franchise. You, you took away so much of what made being a Cubs fan special. WGN's no longer there. If you're going to do all this to Cubs fans. You better start putting money back into this team. And you better start doing it this offseason. Okay? I'll look at the month of September and pre, do a free agent profile after these ads from our wonderful sponsors. This episode, again, is brought to you by Bet Online. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro college football action this season as football season is underway it's about to start what next week let's get excited get all the updated odds props and contests including online's biggest nfl million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now at bet online it's big money big money head to the website or use your cell phone to sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo which if you make a bet on the thursday september 9th opener between the super bowl champ bucks and the dallas cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using promo code nfl 100 that online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to basketball to baseball to boxing up to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait. Take on, a, on all the advantage of all the great offers they got going on in the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Rock Auto. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you'll ever need. So I endure a pointless trip to the auto parts store 
and have them just look up stuff on a computer and ask you all sorts of frivolous questions. You know what I mean? Just go on over to rockauto.com. You got a phone, you got a computer, you could access it. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer, and they honestly have everything you could possibly ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Get some shag. Treat yourself, right? So here's what you want to do. You want to head over to the website and see all the parts your car truck will ever need. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Again, that is rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, let's look at the September schedule again real quickly. Four games set against the Pirates at home, followed up with a three-gamer against the Reds, also at Wrigley. Off day Thursday the 9th, and then Chris Bryant's homecoming, the 10th, 11th, and 12th at beautiful Wrigley Field. So the Cubs are about to embark on a 10-game home stand. Now, again, the idea should be to get the best possible draft pick possible, but I wanted to look at the schedule just out of curiosity. Four games against Pittsburgh, let's take three. Reds will lose two out of three. Giants will lose two out of three. I don't like sweeps even when I want a better draft pick. So right there, I've got three wins there, one and one. That's five wins so far in that 10-game homestand. So they go five and five on the homestand. Then they're at Philly. I don't like Philly. I, I don't know. Their fans seem very not much fun. Um, they get some players I like, though. Let's say we lose two out of three there. Then the Brewers. Forget the Brewers. Let's sweep the Brewers. 17th, 18th, 19th. We win three and one. That's four. So now we're up to 14 wins. Or no, nine wins, I should say. Then we get another two-game set of the Twins. We'll split that. Okay, ten, 10 wins. And then a four-gamer against the Cardinals. Don't like the Cardinals. Um, let's take three or four. Let's sweep them. Come on, let's sweep them. And then the part, you know what? We can win 15 games in September. Let's say we win 15 games in September. Ah, let's, let's go a little bit more conservative. Go 14 games in September. That'll give the Cubs 73 wins. 73 wins and 89 losses would be that season right there. That's how the Cubs would end 2021. Wow. 73 wins. We've come far away, haven't we? But hey, I gave you all the reasons why the Cubs could be right back in it next year. Let's look at another free agent profile. I've been adamant about the Cubs getting left-handed. I've been singing Frank Schwindel's praises. I love a guy who has taken an opportunity and running with it and having fun in the process. He seems like a really good dude. He's always uh, cheering on his teammates in the dugout, laughing it up after home runs, pointing to the camera, making silly faces. He looks like a big, goofy kid. And again, all the best to a guy like that that just keeps at it. You know, he never doubted his talent and he believed, I'm going to get a shot one day. And he does at the age of 29 for the Cubs and, he, and he's taking it. So I'm very happy with Schwindel at uh, first base to start the 2022 season. But a free agent profile I wanted to look at was one Freddie Freeman, the big first baseman from the Atlanta Braves, who has been a guy who's pretty close to being near a Hall of Fame trajectory, I want to say. He is now going to be 30. He's 31 years old, so next year, he's about the same age as Rizzo, will be his age 32. See, he'll be 32, actually, in a week. So, But, you know, he'll be 32 for most of all next year. He's coming off an eight-year extension in which he was $135 million, an annual al- average salary of about $17 million. So I got to imagine he'd be looking to sign in the $22 to $25 million range. He'd want that kind of raise. He is having an awesome season. If you go by fan graphs, a 133 weighted runs created 
plus, which puts him at 33% above league average. He's hitting 293. His on-base percentage is 387. He's slugging 500. He's got 28 bombs, 574 bats. He's played 132 games, so he's very durable. He hasn't missed. He had a little injury in 2017, but he's been very healthy most of his career. And he fits right into what they're trying to do. He's a guy that does not strike out a lot, and he walks a lot. 12% walk rate, 16% K rate. That's phenomenal. So he's exactly what they're looking for. But Joe, you just talked about how great Schwindel is. Why are you trying to get rid of him? I'm not. I'm thinking if we have the DH, Frank Schwindel becomes your DH. Then I guess if you get a Freeman, I am confident enough to then just have Nick give Nico Horner a shot at shortstop. Look, he was a great defensive shortstop in college. At second base, I think he's an elite, elite defensive second baseman. At shortstop, I do believe he could play you an average shortstop, at least average, if not above. I think he could be slightly above. I could think he's probably more in the slightly below average to slightly above average range. I don't think he'll be as bad as some people fear. I don't think he'll be gold glove level either, though. But with Patty Wisdom at third in his good range and how Patrick Wisdom is gold glove caliber, Freddie Freeman's defense at first base was good for a while. I think it's taken a dip a little bit this year, but still pretty solid from what I gather. Still gives you a pretty solid infield. Nick Magical at second. And then, you know, Schwindel at DH, you'd still need a corner outfielder. But if Freeman was a path they would choose, which, again, I kind of doubt it, but I feel like as a fan you should do your due diligence and try to imagine each free agent, at least the top ones, and what they could look like on your team. Freeman's a guy that, heck, heck maybe Freeman's your DH and Schwindel's at first. You know, um, and then Nick Mandrigal could still be thrown out to left field. I don't know. I just don't like taking Nico off of second base. The more I talk about it, the more I talk myself out of the idea of him possibly being the shortstop next season. These are just things to think about. All right, Cubs fans. Um, all right, if you're listening to this, I, I you know, you have any messages or things you want me to talk about. I, I've got some shout outs I'll do for the final podcast. And um, if I don't get to you, I apologize. Uh, you know I love you all. And, um, and yeah, I'll talk about some of the fun stuff. You know, I'll recap the game tonight a little bit. And, and you know, maybe I'll make a bold prediction for 2022. Or uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll make it fun. I'll be silly with it. Nothing too serious. I'll try to stop, you know, beating the same old drum about how they need to spend in 2022. I'm sick of myself saying it out loud as well. Anyhow, you guys have been great. We got one more. Thanks, Lockdown Cubs fans. You are all amazing people. I appreciate you listening. And as always... Go Cubs. Locked on bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.